Amen. Well, let's look at 1 Peter 5, verse 6. You know, last week, we talked about the fact that God cares for you, cares for me, that He cares for us, and uh, <clears throat> you only got a little ways in even what I had last week, but you know, you go with what God is saying, I can't just, you know, you can only say what, uh, you can't just say anything, you, you're it, you're, you're saying it as the unction's there to say it. Now, you can just run down and, and teach, but if there's a pull on certain things, you don't want to blow by it and just get a lesson out. You want to, because people can be ministered to on certain parts, and especially as a pastor, you know, why are we here this morning? We're here to get equipped. We're here to get equipped for the week, for the days and months coming, and so uh, we're available Everything that we have is available for the Holy Spirit to pull on. So if He's emphasizing something, somebody may need that. So this isn't just a straight line. You just try to get everything out and get done. No, uh, we just go with what the Spirit is emphasizing. And so uh, that's what we endeavor to do every time. So let's look at 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Of course, that message is on the multiple places if you haven't heard that, didn't hear it. But 1 Peter 5, verse 6, it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. It says, casting all your care upon Him. Why? For He cares for you. God cares for you. In Amplified Classic, it says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him. For He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. I love that version. It said, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him, for He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. He cares, he cares for you affectionately. Everybody said He cares for me. Cares for me. Affectionately. affectionately. Now say that whole thing, He cares for me affectionately. Now say this, He cares about me watchfully. Now think about what you're saying. That's the, the creator of the universe, God Almighty, cares about you personally, affectionately. What is affection? You, you dote on somebody. You love them. You take care of them. You're tender. He's the Almighty. He's not some just distant God out there. He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. What does that mean? He, he's paying attention. Nothing's lost on Him. Not No hurt no um, challenge, anything that we face in this earth, it's not lost on Him for, for anybody. God knows exactly everything that we faced. He knows where we've come from. He knows what we're up against. said this before. That's why, you know, uh, the Bible says to have faith before, to God. You have faith be, before God to Him. You, you, you don't have to, to figure out everybody else's faith before God. You don't know what's clear to them and what, what is not clear to them. Where something might be really clear to you because of where you've come from, but you don't know that somebody else sees it at this point. Well, if they don't see it, they can't change. The Word could be true, but they need to see it. We're accountable for the light we have and what we understand. When you understand it, now you're accountable for it. But understanding is not just you hear it. You have to hear it and, and understand it. And so somebody maybe you may like, you know, the thought may come, why don't they just get over that? Don't go down that path. 
That's judging, number one. You're not the judge. God knows where they're at. Now, we're not saying just be loosey-goosey with everything. No, if there's certain things that, you know, we need to take care of in different avenues, yes, you know, uh, it's not saying to, to close an eye to, to wrongdoing, but it, it's not our job to correct everybody. You know, it is your job to correct your, your uh, children. It is your job to correct or, or to, to bring up things with your spouse, not correct them, but bring up things and say, what about this? You don't just close your eyes and be like, oh, no, everything's great. No, you talk. It is a, a pastor's job to, there's correction involved. There's correction from the Word. If there's something in your life that, that, the Holy, that, that is wrong and, and the Spirit of God saying, yeah, deal with that, that's part of a pastor's role. See, people don't like that. Not going to go there, you know, but we, we need to understand there are places where there, there is roles uh, that, that we have to submit to God. But you don't go and down and correcting everybody and judging where they're at because that'll just get you into trouble. Something may be clear to somebody in one area, but not clear in the other area. Well, God knows what they see. I mean, just think about yourself. Has there things that you didn't see and then you saw them? And you realized, wow, I, that was there all along. I just didn't see it. And then you saw it. You're like, okay, well, that'll, you know, you have that happen, and that's, that's where everybody's at. I mean, none of us is perfect. We're all growing. All of us are growing. And so we need to understand everybody, everybody else is growing, and it's not our job to figure out what everybody else should do. But He cares for us watchfully. He knows, he knows exactly what's going on in our life. He knows what needs to happen. He knows where we're at. He knows how to get us there. He's, he cares for us. Amplified version said He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Well, that would do away with, well, He just doesn't care about me. If you ever have the thought, God doesn't care about me, that's a lie. We're going to get into it more. He sent Jesus to die for you. We don't, we have not plumbed the depths of what that actually means. I believe for all eternity, we're going to be like, we're going to realize more and more what that means. And we can realize more and more what it means, you know, on this earth. And we're going to be talking about this morning, I believe. But as that, the weight of that becomes more clear, I believe we'll be like, Lord, what you did for me. You did that for me. No, He cares about you. The, the Living Bible, we read these. I'm just going through these. These, these just show you some different, kind of bring out different facets of, uh, of, of what this means and how to kind of drive it home. Let, let Him have all your worries and cares, for He is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Watching everything that concerns you. Well, He, he knows. He's not, nothing's lost on Him. In the Phillips, it says, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him, for you are his personal concern. He's, he, you are his personal concern. God Almighty knows you intimately better than any human, better than you know yourself. See, that's, that's a thought. We think we know God knows you better than you know yourself. And so you can trust him. You may think, I can't do something, and he said you can do it. Amen. Who are you going to believe? Him. You're going to believe what he said about you. What if you see something in the Word? Well, I, I, you know, I've done this and this. You see it in the Word, you say, well, that's, that's true. I'm going to believe that. He knows you. 
He knows you better than you know yourself, so He is concerned about you. We read this last week, Matthew 6, verse 25. It says, Therefore I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, not, uh, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Talking about the birds of the air saying, you're not supposed to worry about your life. He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't soar, sow, reap, or gather, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? Let's look at Luke 12, 4. Uh, kind of a, it's not parallel, but it's, it's bringing out similar uh, thoughts here. <clears throat> Luke 12, verse 4 says, And I say to you, my friends, this has got to be a different version. Maybe it does say that. Is that the New King James it says? Okay, it does say that. Doesn't sound like a New King Jamesy thing to say, but I thought I had maybe the wrong version. <laughs> and I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. Uh, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Talking about the Father. Fear, we ought to have a reverence for God. Do you realize the world does not have a reverence for God? I'm just, this is not our point, but you know, this is, I wanted to give the context of the scripture. There's people that, that just blaspheme God and, and they do not know, they don't know the fullness of what they're doing. I'm not saying they're doing complete ignorance. I'm saying even if they think they're just, you know, ignoring God, they don't understand. If they understood what they, that fully meant, I think it would make them think twice, but then there are people that know, and they're still, they walk away from God. But it said, Jesus said, you t- don't, don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of people, but fear God. Trust Him. And in the, in the, when you're a child of God, that's reverence Him. You ought to believe Him and trust Him, and what if He said it, that's what you're going to do. You, you reverence His things. But let's go to verse 6. <clears throat> Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And, and not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. The very hairs. So he's saying, verse 6, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? You know, just a little bit. And not one of them is forgotten by your father. In other words, God sees everything. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I know we've heard that before, but that's mind-boggling. I mean, you know, the Bible says it. It's true. At any given time, the number of hairs on your head is there is a number. And God knows that number of everybody on the planet. And if He knows that, there's nothing else lost for Him. Think about that changes daily. And he knows. So he, there, that would do away with anything of there's distance, like somehow he forgot you. Well, if he's up to date on the number of hairs on your head, which coming and going, you know, we're all, always being replaced. He knows everything else. So he says, don't fear, therefore. So you don't have anything to fear in the world because 
God cares for you, and He cares that deeply. You are of more value than many sparrows. He said, God knows about everything that's happening to the birds, and you're valuable, more valuable than many of them. In the NLT, it says, what is the price of, of five sparrows? Two copper coins? And yet God does not forget a single one of them, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. You're more valuable than, than many sparrows, than a whole flock. God cares about you. He, he loves you. He, he, he watches over you in detail. Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24. <clears throat> the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him in his hand. Look at this in the NLT. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Every detail. Everybody say every detail. Does that mean every detail? Yes. So there's nothing too small. God delights, he, he knows every detail. So when you're going about your day, there's a God that knows everything about you, every detail, and he loves you. That's the amazing part. He loves all of us, and he loved us and sent Jesus before we had done anything good. Next verse, for though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. He holds you by His hand. He holds you up. He knows every detail of your life, and if you'll trust Him, He'll hold you up. Our Father cares for us and delights in every detail of our lives. He watches over everything that concerns us. There's nothing that escapes His notice. Nothing. So when you're coming up to a situation and you... you you're tempted to get nervous about it, just remember, He already knows about it. And he knows every detail about it. And He knows everybody that's involved in it. And he knows, he knows what the outcome is. And He knows any challenges that are going to happen. He, and when you just find out about something and have thoughts of, what are we going to do about this? If we'll, re- if we'll think about what we're talking about here, I already have a Father that knows every detail of my life, and he's very concerned about me. And he already took care of this. If I'll trust him, I'll be fine. And speak that. We're going we're gonna to be through. We're going to make it through. This is going to be okay. you just saying that, positive thinking? No, you have a father that, that, that knows you, that knows every detail. What are we going to do about it? God knows. What's our job? Go to him. Focus on this. And agree with it. Say it out. In the face of fear, when it, you want to say, what are we going to do? I don't know, but there's this and the money or the doctor. Don't say that. I'm not saying deny. You can talk about what is, but don't, you know, the doctor said this, but God said this. God cares about us. He sees where he's seen everything. He's going to take care of this financial situation. Yeah, but we didn't see this and we don't have... God cares about me, and He's already made provision, and so I'm going to trust Him. Watch. He's going to take care of this. Watch. We'll come out. You say that. You agree with Him. No, He cares for me. 
He cares for me deeply. This situation is not the one that's lost on him. This situation is not where he decided to check out. You know, two hours before, you thought everything was great, and you're just loving life, and you're just at peace, and God's so good, and something hits you upside the head, and the temptation is, where's God now? Same place he was before, and he knew what was going to happen in two hours when you were oblivious. So what's our first reaction? God, you got this. God, I, I trust you. God, you care about me. You care about me. And you know the, the, the circumstances can scream at you, but you say, oh no, God, God knew this was coming and I trust him to bring me through. Now, God, I just, Father, I trust you. Father, you're so good and you, you care for me. Show me the way through. Show me the way out. I'm going to say what you say. I'm going to trust you. Look at John 16, 25. He, God, our Father, He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. He cares for us. The, verse 25 said these things. This is Jesus speaking. I have spoken to you. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask Him in my name, and I do not say uh, to you that I should pray the Father for you, for the Father Himself loves you. Well, this is speaking to the disciples that then propagated God's, Jesus' words to us, and just as He loved those that He was talking to, that's the way He loves everyone, especially those that have received. He loves the whole world, and there's a place that says, especially those that have received the Word of God. I can't remember if it's exactly love, but he's talking about especially those that have believed on Him. In other words, if God already gave Jesus for the whole world, how much more those that have received Him? Sometimes we'll say, oh, God, He just loves everybody so much, and He sent Jesus, which we're going to read. But sometimes, if we're not careful, that the, the idea in our head is, well, I'm serving Him, but there's this and this, as if somehow He doesn't love us as much as people that are out there, that you would want to share the gospel with, but you're in the kingdom of God, you, we got to know that He cares for us. We're His children. Verse 27, for the Father Himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. For the Father Himself loves you because you have loved me. He loves us. Everybody say, God loves me. God. Say this, say, the Father loves me. Say this, my father loves me. John 17, 23. This is Jesus speaking. It says, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you loved me. Now this is saying, Jesus is saying, that you, the Father, that you've sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. What's he saying? The Father loves us the same way he loves Jesus. That's mind-blowing. That's something that you can meditate on. Because if there's ever a thought, well, he doesn't care for me, we're going over all these scripture that he cares for us, that he loves us. Well, I know he loves me, like general, you know, you know there's almost this thought, well, he loves me, but... I don't know if he likes me. I don't know if it's, you know, he's really taking care of me. If he loves you the way he loves Jesus, that should do away with everything. Yeah. 
any thought like that. No, he loves you the same as he loves Jesus. He wants the best for us. He longs to bless us. You know, for to see us blessed in reality on this earth. He's already provided in Jesus, and He longs for that to become a reality. But wouldn't it break your heart if you've provided something for somebody and gone all the trouble to make a gift for them or to give, and they, and for whatever reason, they 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 couldn't receive it, or they they didn't want, they didn't they didn't even believe you enough to go pick it up or something, and you had done all this to prepare it. Especially, let's think, you know, some loved one that you really took time to do something, one of your children, and you had this for them, but for other reason, they couldn't take it. No, God longs for us to, to walk in everything that um, He has for us and to bless us. So Jesus walked, He was unafraid of anything. He walked in perfect peace and perfect comfort. God the Father, He knew God the Father loved Him and was with Him. Well, if He walked unafraid, we can walk unafraid. Amen. Why are you walking unafraid? You, you know who you are. You know that God loves you. You know the Father loves you. You know that Jesus is your big brother. You know that God the Father loves you just like Jesus. And so that will dissipate any kind of fear. John uh, 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, or this is how much God loved the world, that He gave Jesus. So He's shown how much He loved the world, which included us. Notice, He did that before we did anything right. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Then LT says, see how very much our Father loves us, that He calls us His children, and that is what we are. How very much the Father loves us, for He calls us His children. The Father, God, the creator of the universe, He calls you and me His child. Just think about that for a moment. What does it mean? Now, we're talking about a good family, good father on earth. I know there's, there's people that have faced all kinds of bad conditions or you know, bad fathers or whatever. But when you think of somebody that's a good father, that has a good family, and children are in that, what does that mean? It means that they're protected, that they're loved, that they're taken care of, that their needs are met. And that's what we know of an earthly family. Well, we're the family of God. And so God then is our father. We're his child. We're actually a child of God. But let that, let that resonate and sink deep into your heart, not, yeah, a child of God like some religious term, that you are his child and he loves you the way an earthly father would love his child, a good earthly father. And we're reading how the father, you know, affectionately, he, he uh, watches over us, that he cares for us affectionately, watches over us watchfully. We're reading all these things to show what that means, for, that God the Father, how he loves us. When he's talking about loving his child and you're his child, it's not a, 
flippant thing. You, if you're, if you're a child of God, I mean, if you're born again, you've believed on the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you are a child of the Almighty. You're not a grandchild of the Almighty. Grandchildren are great. You're not a great-grandchild. In other words, you're not removed because somebody else had a relationship with God. You are His child. That means He's going to treat you like a child, like His child. He's going to take care of you like a child. He's, he, he, there's an affection, there's a care, there's a watching over. And sometimes, you know, we, we look at it like, well, you know, I gotta, I, I've not done everything right. Well, you want to do everything you know to do to put yourself in the right position to serve God and to love Him. And that's true. But as you're walking, you know, you're walking out, you, 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 you've done what you know to do, haven't done it perfectly, you need to know that there's a Heavenly Father that is walking with you, that loves you, that's looking out for you as you're growing, as you're learning about Him, as you're becoming more like Him. He is so far above us. Thank God we're born again. We're made in the image of God. But guys, we're not God. We're His little children. He's been around forever. Forever. And we've been around for how long? A few decades. You know, if you've been around 100 years, that's not very long compared to eternity. And so we are His little, little children. And so, yeah, just like you would look at a little children, child growing up, doing, doing their best, you know, drawing you a picture when they're three. Yeah, that's a nice picture. That's great. Thank you, honey. They can get a whole lot better, but you're not berating them. You're encouraging them. Well, God, as far as we, we can think, well, we've, you know, we, we know something where we're mature. We're not even like that three-year-old compared to him. And he looks at us and he's taking care of us. So he's, he's looking out for you. He's got you. You know, you, you, you're going through life, doing what you know to do. He's already seen everything. And so he, he has called us his children. He loves us so much. In 1 John 4, 9, it says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. See, it's not that we are trying to earn something from God and earn our place like religion tells us. See, religion will tell you, if you've been a good girl, if you've been a good boy, you do all these things, then maybe God will... You never know, but maybe God will... He'll he'll let you get to heaven. He'll receive you. He'll maybe pay attention to you. That's not what the Bible teaches. It says that the love of God was manifest toward him because he sent toward us because he sent his only begotten son that we might live through him. See, we don't come to God based on what we've done. We come to God because of what Jesus did. And Jesus can show us that much love because we're right through Jesus. In NLT, it says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through us, or through Him. Let's read this, Romans 5, verse 6. 
It says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us, that in, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were still having nothing we could offer God, still in sin, hadn't done one single thing to please God, God sent Jesus to pay the price so that you and I could be His children. And if He did that before you had ever done anything, good, bad, indifferent, but when, before God you were still a sinner, if He did that, then where you are right now, if you've believed on Him and you're in Him, He loves you, and nothing, wherever you are, is nothing compared to where you were. When you were completely without God, you had nothing to offer Him. And so regardless of where we are, regardless of any mistakes we've made, God, because of Jesus, can look on us and call us His children and love us and bestow love on us. And so we should never let things push us away from God. If He loved you before you ever did anything and you were completely a sinner, how much more does He love you when you're in the family? I mean, how much more is He going to... He can actually bestow love on you. I mean, He loved the world through that He sent, he sent Jesus before anybody did anything right. But now, sometimes we act like, well, I've accepted Him, I'm walking in Him, I'm doing what I know to do, but maybe I fell or I made a mistake and somehow... Even though you would go tell the sinner that God loves you, and he, he died for you before you could do anything, sometimes we're like, yeah, but now I've in, I'm actually a child of God, and somehow that I'm more distant. Religion will tell you that. Sometimes religious people that are religious are the most beat-up people of all. And that's why people reject religion. That's why people will reject what they think is religion and Christianity. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is faith in what Jesus has done. It's a relationship with God. It is the truth of what God has done. Religion is a man-made man way to relate to God. Christianity is God's way and God's sacrifice to relate to Him, which is through His Son. But people will, will say, well, religion, that just tells you, that just makes you feel guilty. And I just learned guilt, so I've just done away with it. Religion doesn't make you feel guilt. I mean, religion makes you feel guilty, but Christianity will tell you that Jesus, when you didn't have anything to offer Him, Jesus was sent so you could be right. And that you can't, you could not do that. It didn't matter how good of a person you were, that you needed a Savior, and that God so loved you, loved you so much that He sent that Savior before you could do one single thing. That is not something that beats you up. That is something that draws you to God. That is something that draws you to make you want to run to Him. And you should always run to Him. If you've missed it, if you've messed up, if you've done the wrong thing, don't run away from God. No, if He knows every detail about your life, then He already knows. He already knew. So there's no reason to run away from God. God is your answer. Don't ever run away from Him. If you run away from God, where are you running? 
If God's your answer and you're running away from the answer, where are you going? Away from the answer. And you're actually running, what? To the enemy. You know, it comes in many forms. Most people, you know, are not going to just follow overt Satanism. But they, they're, they're going to be tripped up and try to go, they'll, they'll be tried, Satan tries to push you away from God. He's subtle. And one of the ways he does it is through condemnation, tell you you're not worthy. In ourselves, we're not worthy, but through Jesus, we are worthy. And you actually disrespect and disregard the blood of Jesus when, as a child of God, you say you're not worthy. That's not respectful to God. That's not being humble. That's being stupid. If God made you right with Him and said, because of my Son, because of the blood of Jesus, you are right, and you say, oh, I'm not, you are disrespecting what Jesus did, and we don't understand what He did. And we don't understand how much God loves us. We're looking, well, I messed this up and you can't fix it. That's, that's under. You, you are not respecting the power of God and what He can do. Plus, you don't know where you used to be. You were dead. And so we don't look to God and go, well, this is just too big for you. I'm too much of a mess. That's just, that's junk. That is self-wallowing, pity, nonsense, junk. Well, I'm just, I'm just too messed up. God, God, God can't really do anything with me. Or I, I mean, I'm trying. That's all nonsense. Get rid of it and do what the Bible said. Say, I am who God says I am. Now, you may feel like this. You messed it up and you have regret because of something in your life, minor, big, whatever, that we've walked through. But if we let that derail us, we're just compounding the problem. And we're disrespecting what God has done through Jesus instead of coming to Him boldly and saying, well, all right, I am so thankful for what Jesus did. There's this and this, and yeah, I'm tempted to look back, but I'm going to look at how much He loves me, how much He cares for me, the price that He paid for me, the fact that He did it before I was ever doing anything for Him, and right now I'm going to stand up and say what God says about me through Jesus, and I'm going forward. And you may have to do that multiple times in life. Understatement. You have to continually push back against things that are going to try to tell you that somehow God doesn't love you or you've messed up too bad. It's not like we want to try to run up and see how bad we can mess things up. No, you don't want to do that. That's not what we're saying because there's consequences. But when we come to God humbly and we put ourselves before Him and we look to Him, you have to know He loves you, He cares for you, and that He can get you through. He's bigger than us. He's bigger than our mess-ups. He's bigger than any uh, frailties or, or uh, mistakes. And when we know that, that, that will drive out, you know, we started with, uh, don't worry, don't have anxiety because He cares for you. When we realize how much He cares for us, when we realize He loves us, when we realize what's been done in Jesus, then that's going to push out any fear, anxiety. Look at one more scripture, maybe two more, but First John 4, verse 17. First John 4, 17, it says, "'Love has been perfected among us in this.'" that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. 
There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. That means, verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect or mature, complete love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So if we're fearing, if we're anxious, we, we have not realized how much God loves us, how much He cares for us, how much He wants to bless us, and so we will still have remnants of being anxious and scared. But the more we're just convinced and grown up and complete in His love for us, made perfect or complete or mature in love, and that love is for us, not just general Christianity. I know God loves the world, but what about me? And given to all that nonsense, if we'll just say, the Bible says it, I see what God said. I see what He did for me. I take it as His Word to me. I'm His child. He loves me. He cares about me in infinite detail. And so I will not fear. I will not be anxious. I will not take care for the things that challenge me in this world because I'm secure in that love. That love and that care will bring you through any situation. It will bring you through anything. It will bring you to the other side. It will, it will calm you when stuff is trying to rattle you. It will calm your, your mind and it will bring peace to your body when you realize that God is my Father and He's with me right now. He didn't leave because something bad showed up or a challenge showed up. He is with me. And the more you look at that, the more that's just going to make things clear, allow you to settle, allow you to hear from Him, allow you to walk through in victory and to have another notch in your belt. You say, you know what I mean by that? You're notching in your belt every time uh, you have a victory. And so now you have another thing. This came and it went. I came through it because of God, and boom. And so now when you face another challenge, you know what God is, and you can look in your history and say, yeah, I remember when I felt like this before, but God is so good, and here we go again, we'll overcome. And you may have to say that by faith. Inside you're feeling like there is no way, but you say, I'm overcoming because He loves me, and we're going through. Amen. He'll bring me through because He cares for me. Amen. Amen.